You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 66, I'm going to continue my conversation with Rebecca Lee of Just Living Therapy about how to transition to your authentic landscape. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined again today with Rebecca Lee, and she's the therapist and owner of Just Living Therapy. And we were here last week talking about the systems, institutions, and societal expectations that create our landscape. And today we're going to continue that conversation and talk a little bit more about how to transition into an authentic landscape for yourself. And this, you know, will help you live a really fulfilled life, protect you from burnout and all those good things that we're all seeking. So welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I know that last time you introduced yourself a little bit, and I also, today I wanted you to maybe talk for just a second about your farm, because I know that you have Mm -hmm. a farm and you also consider yourself a farmer, sometimes Mm -hmm. first and foremost, because it does inform Mm -hmm. a lot of what you do. So I would love to hear more about your farm. Yeah. Uh, We live out in the, in the Yakima Valley in Washington state. and we have a we have our own intergenerational family farm, um, and I think owning the word farmer took me a while. You know, it was one of those that you know societal expectations around what does success look like and um, how much money do you need to make and. Uh, are you still living your family or did you go it on your own? Like all of these things um, made it difficult for me to own that. Yeah, I'm a farmer. I've always been a farmer. I grew up being a, I was a, I was a baby farmer and I've always <laughs> been that way. Um, and so I think, you know, over the last few years, really, you know, having that focus around landscape reintegration being our our authentic selves is knowing that the farm is through and through a part of who I am. I I need to be connected to the land. I need to be connected to the plants, to the animals. Um, And right now, like we're in a super exciting time of year because we've got, we have goats on the farm and most all of them are pregnant. They're huge. They're just waddling around the farm right now. And we must have got our timing off on when we thought, you know, they should have been due because we were ready for those goats to pop like a month ago and they are still (laughs) (laughs) holding those babies in. Um, And so a little bit about that farm piece is if I could be there for every birth, I would be there for every single birth. I would set my schedule around it. I would go out there. I'd be there. I'd be with the goat. I'd be with the animal. Um, And it's the same thing around death. If I can be there for the birth 
and I can be there for the death. You know, there's just a certain circle of life and humility and honesty that exists when you're sitting with the land and you're sitting with animals and plants. And I just love it. And it feels like it so easily translates to social work, to therapy, um, because it is about that space of, you know, creating healing for people. I feel like the working with the land is the same thing. It's looking at how to create healing for ourselves, whether it's the food that we eat, whether it's how we take care of the, the land and the animals that we have. I feel like it's all very integrated. Um, so it's a little bit of the background of the yeah. farm. The farm oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. And thinking about, yeah, I love how you describe it as landscape and how we have this uh, personal landscape and how we can create it for ourselves. Because I know last time we were talking and um, one of the recurring themes was we are in these systems and institutions and structures. And a lot of times we'll recreate it when we do have our own solo business and almost confine ourselves in those ways. And um sometimes it's like those walls don't even need to exist because we can be free in our businesses and in our private practices to create them in a way that's going to help sustain us. And um, I, I know that people are probably interested in, you know, if you find yourself in this position, how can you really transition into this other authentic version of yourself and showing up in that way in your business? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A big question, a good mm -hmm. question, but a big one, right? Because I think it's something that we, it's a life, it's lifelong work of reintegrating and reestablishing like, who are we? What do we want? What's important? What is our landscape? What means something to us? And so in, in my groups and kind of where I always start, because it feels like it, it gets us a little bit out of the box but it's still somewhat in our comfort zone is I start with, with the seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and with you, with mountain practice journeys, it's that same kind of idea of like, how do we integrate this natch what's natural around us into our lives? And um, one first step is just kind of following the seasons and um, figuring out how to reintegrate that into our patterns, into our rhythms because if we look at our rhythms as they currently stand outside of it being cold outside or hot outside, we could miss all the seasons. We're in the house. We get our jacket on. We go outside. We get in our car. We go to work. We get in the office or in the office. We go home. Like we could have, we could avoid it altogether. Um, and so one just existing in the seasons as they currently are constantly moving but then taking just the concepts around the seasonality idea and translating it to our life and figuring out, do, are we wintering? Are we summering? Are we springing? Um, and going through those seasons and figuring out like some, the nuances of how to start integrating some of that into our life. So I usually start with when I'm thinking about seasons, I start with grass because on the farm, 
grass is one of those things that's very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what all of our animals live off of. And so we have to figure out how to nurture the ground, nurture the grass, make that sustainable. And so we talk a lot about the seasons of the grass. And so usually in these trainings, it's looking at, let's take let's take the what exists around the, around us in our landscape and use that as a teacher. So if you think, if you look at grass in the springtime, the grass has been dormant all winter. It's been quiet. It's been calm. Um, and it will stay dormant until the right conditions of warmth and moisture are met. And then it will start growing. So it needs to create that environment of growth. Um, and so when we think about that as therapists, as social workers, as clinicians, we think about well, what conditions do we need to grow? What conditions do we need to be creative? Um, and I know for me, if I'm going to be in my creative hat, I can't have a crazy schedule. I can't have a super manic schedule where it's all over the place and I never know what the next day is going to look like because I just keep filling things in. Um, so like for you, when you think about it, like what are some conditions that you think about in your practice that you need to have in place in order to feel like you can grow, that you can be creative? For me, it's a combination of structure and space. So mm-hmm. it's like I need a lot of space where there's nothing scheduled for that creativity and for inspiration to hit. And then I also like to have things scheduled to where I know um, I, (laughs) this may sound funny, but I've already started planning my calendar for next year for 2023, Mm -hmm. Um, just deciding on what days I'm going to do what. Um, Mm -hmm. And because I've worked for a long time to have uh, Fridays off Mostly, you know, sometimes as, um, as therapists or coaches or small business owners, we're like, okay, I'm going to take this day off for myself. But a lot of times things end up getting piled on. So mm-hmm. for me, yeah, it is being able to decide when I'm going to do things and it makes it a lot simpler. I know that I record podcast episodes on a Thursday, you know, and certain Mm -hmm. times during the month. And I know that I do my um, mastermind groups the same few days each month. And so there's that continuity with that and also a, also space. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's Mm -hmm. something that I Mm -hmm. need is um, that structure and space together. Right. Right. I love that you talked about space um, because it's really looking at, okay, when was the last time I was creative and what did that, what did that look like? What was, what were the conditions around me when I was creative? And usually for me, if I'm in front of the computer, my creativity can only go so far. I kind of get stuck and I kind of do more spinning in place. And so usually like if I've got a big project coming up or I'm going to do a training. Um, I have got to get out of the house. I've got to get out of this box (laughs) that I'm in and I need to take a walk. And then all of a sudden I can be really creative. I notice that when I'm driving places, I'll be more creative. Um, If I have, there's a problem that I've been trying to solve. 
if I try to shove that into a, a small space and just get it done, get it done, get it done, I'll never come up with a very good solution for it. Yeah. But as soon as I slow down and I get out of that, like that, that workaholic mindset of go, 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 grind, 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 then I come up with the answer mm-hmm. or I go, I go to sleep and I came up with the answer at night when I was sleeping, you know, but that space, you know, the physical space and just the, the, the mental, emotional, spiritual space that we need in order to be creative. But, you know, it's that piece of, of the idea of taking that concept of spring and we need the right conditions. If we're going to grow, if we're going to evolve, if we're going to change, we have to have the right conditions. And what, what is it for us? And they're going to look slightly different from person to person and being able to be introspective and really think about okay, the last time I was creative, what did that look like? Maybe it's hard to figure that out. Okay. Let's go back to our childhood. When were we really creative? And then also we're like, well, we were probably outside. We probably had a bunch of different things in front of us that we could manipulate and, and do things with. Um, how can we integrate some of those things in? Because so often we, again, we're working within that structure and that box that it's not conducive for creativity. It's not conducive for growth. Um, it's it's very conducive for us spinning, doing a lot of spinning and stress. <laughs> Yeah. And that can make us look productive, you know, being busy Mm -hmm. and looking productive isn't always the best use of our time. We can appear like we're getting a lot done, but I think that there's a, um, I don't know. I think we miss how powerful space and quiet can actually be. Um, we underestimate how powerful it can be because like mm-hmm. you said, a lot of these really creative insights um, come from when we're spacious, when we mm-hmm. allow our brains a little bit of a break and allow it mm-hmm. to, it's almost like it's working in the background and it'll figure it out if it's given the space to do so. Uh, so yeah, I find it a lot in nature or going on a hike or sitting in a bath or just being quiet and it'll mm-hmm. some awesome idea or solution will just, it just has the space to rise up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's just, you know, when you can get into that space of feeling that creativity, just like come naturally, you know, when is that? Let's duplicate that. Let's do more of that. It's, you know, it's finding that, you know, going from, um, oh, let's see, Kate Stillman in one of her podcasts is talking about this, uh, negative bias versus positive bias and looking at, instead of looking at all the things that we don't want, let's look at when was the last time, like we were really naturally just flowing and the creativity just happened. Let's duplicate that. Let's search for that. Let's, let's add that to our life. Um, so that's where, you know, you take the, the, the grass in the spring and it's this like, we're almost to launching, we're almost to, to growing. Um, and there's this opportunity there looking for that. And then, you know, you move into the summer and grass looks entirely different in the summer. And the summer is all about flourishing and working and growing and building. There's like a lot of momentum that's happening in the summer. Um and that happens when 
that growth happens the more sunlight there is. All of a sudden it prompts more of that growth. And the whole plant, when the grass plant is growing, um, the whole plant is supporting the creation of that, that seed stem. So everything is going to nourishing the seed stem because this is where you have the plants flower. This is where the seeds show up. This is where all of a sudden you can have, you can spread this information. You can have this impact. And so it's focusing on this, this um, ability to create that center. And so when I'm looking at summer, I'm going back to what is our center? If we don't stay centered in our values and what's important mm-hmm. to us, we can't create that level of impact that we want if we're not centered. We can't be centered in the system's center. We mm-hmm. have to be centered in our own. And so it's looking at um, how to bring that, that, that summer aspect into our lives. Because I think sometimes if we think about seasons, we think about this idea that well, maybe we're always summering. Maybe that's where, where we always are because we're always going, 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 moving, working. But we may not be if we aren't centered. Uh, we may not be in the season at all. And so it's figuring out how to come back to that center and what does that look like? I know for me this year, a central piece for me that allows me to work really focused and to um, challenge myself and to grow that's that, that those values are around authenticity. Those values are around connectivity. And so having those as my center, now I can send everything through that filter and I'm figuring out, does this fit? Is this help me be more authentic? Does this help me be more connected or does that take away? If it takes away. Maybe that's not something for me. Maybe I need to let go of that. Um, so for you, like if, when you think about some of those central pieces, I mean, you already talked about the space idea that that's important. Um, and just the fact of knowing when we're introverted, introverted, knowing when we're highly sensitive and how to nurture that, um, that we can't work and build and connect and do all of that without knowing mm-hmm. who we are centrally, right? Yeah. I love that you mentioned, because I say all the time that the society that we're in, the expectations, it's like we're supposed to be in this perpetual state of summer and people Mm -hmm. are afraid of being in some of the other seasons, especially winter where it's quiet and contemplative and you go within and Mm -hmm. we need all of these. And I do think it is And I love the way that you framed it, where it may look like people are summering all the time, but if you take into account all the seasons of the year, like they all have to happen in order for summer to be so prolific. But if you're trying to summer in winter, you may look busy, but there's some emptiness in that. And you might not be getting Mm -hmm. enough accomplished because you haven't given yourself a chance to rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the seasons, if, if that idea, if we're integrating with the seasons, it should be nourishing. Mm-hmm. Like we should feel like we are nourished throughout that process. And we should be able to tell that, okay, 
I've been summering a lot and that's really nourishing, but now it's starting to not be as nourishing. It's probably because I need to integrate with another season. I need to integrate in a different way. Um, but if it's not nourishing, it's because we're not really in the season. It's not, we're not really in it. We may be working, 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 but it's not seasonal. That's something different. That's a systemic, uh, institutional, uh, process that we're being shoved into and it's figuring out how to reintegrate to the actual seasons and if you're not feeling nurtured while you're working and you're building and you're connecting well we got to figure out how to really tap into that season are we are we sticking to that center that piece of the whole the whole grass plant is focused around that central piece because it knows I can't flourish. I can't grow. I can't have a greater impact if I don't if I don't have energy that I'm putting towards my center, my center of values and what's important and how to take care of myself, how to how to see myself as a part of the community. Um, so the summer, you know, when we have these conversations, the summer is always my favorite topic because people are like, I'm summering all the time. I'm like, are you, do you feel nurtured? No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and um, being able to start identifying that as we go and realizing, again, like we talked about last time, like you can have your cake and eat it too. You can be nourished and be super impactful at the same time. Like those things can happen, but you may need to find space. You may need to take some time for yourself. You may need to slow down, smell the roses. You know, there's a reason we have some of these phrases is because maybe there's something there. Yeah, there's definitely something to them. And I find that just my conversations over the past few months have been centered around this. They, a lot of them have been connected to nature in some way. And how we've become so disconnected from nature and where our healing, I think, is actually in nature and knowing ourselves and slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been such a common theme. So I don't know if that's why I'm so drawn to winter, because I feel like it's been <laughs> underrepresented in our lives and in our businesses. Um, but I am kind of on a mission to help people to slow down. And I've noticed by slowing down and honoring all of those seasons, it really does make when you show up in summer, all the more powerful and all the more potent because you have a clear focus. You've been able to go inward and get clear on what type of life and business do you want? And you can really design it around that because if you're stuck in summer all the time, you haven't had time to go within and you probably are just modeling your business and your life around maybe what you've experienced in a system Mm -hmm. or institution that you've worked in before or what you're seeing other people do just on the surface and not really understanding how maybe that fits their life, but it might not fit Mm -hmm. yours. Mm -hmm. It's so true, but it's so, I think that's why these conversations are so great to have because it's so easy to 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 fall into that because we've it's not like you know it's accidental we've been conditioned to fall into those norms and those expectations for ourselves 
Um, so when you start talking, you know, when we start talking, you know, trying to connect with what's natural, trying to connect with, um, with the seasons, trying to connect with like, just go outside and just breathe the fresh, the fresh air and say hi to the birds. You know, if we can reconnect with that, it's so different. Like it's so, it pulls us so much out of that systemic piece that it forces us into really thinking about things differently. Cause it's not like it's a slight switch. It's a no landscape is not in my, in the organization that I was working with. We didn't talk about seasons. We didn't talk about the trees and then talk about, I didn't talk about the goats, but when you're kind of forced out of that and having this conversation around landscape and seasons and dirt and how to reconnect, um, it really gets our brains working in a completely different way and can help us set different conditions for ourselves. Um, and so like, you know, we go through, we do, we have summer, we look into fall. Um, in the fall, I think a lot about, you know, the grass is all, it's almost like it's reestablishing some boundaries for itself. It's doing a few things. It's setting off runners and these runners are set. So when, um, when they get into the springtime and then into the next year, they have a more solid base. So it kind of keeps them grounded. Um, they're also starting to pull in their roots and you notice the top of the grass starts dying off, starts turning a little bit more yellow. Um, <clears throat> and so you think, you know, with our lives and we're thinking about how to incorporate autumn and fall, it's looking at who, who are the people in our life that are our runner connections? Who do we need to establish? Who do we need to help us ground ourselves? Who challenges us in nurturing ways and supportive ways versus challenging us in the ways that are counterintuitive to what we need? Mm-hmm. Um, all is about, you know, setting those boundaries because we have to get ready for winter. And on the farm, fall is all about getting ready for winter, getting ready for the calm and the rest and the quiet and the, the introspection and the going inward. Um, but to do that, we have to look at our connections. Are they healthy? Are they helpful? Look at our, um, our daily routines. Are they helpful? Are they supportive? Are they healthy? What do we need to let go of because we can't take it into winter? What do we need to um, harvest because we need it for winter? And so I really like that fall season because the on the farm, summer is a very, very busy season, but fall tends to be extremely busy because <laughs> you're getting ready, you're preparing for winter. And then when you're moving into winter, you know, there's this idea of um, like hibernation and quiet. And that doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't happening, that there's not movement. Um, but when you look at grass in the winter, the top of the grass has died off. The roots have died off. Everything has come inward to the crown. It's called the crown of the grass. And it's basically a clump of grass that is tight roots and with a little bit of the green on the top. Um, and all of that that dies off 
just nurtures the grass going into the springtime. That's the fertilizer for the grass into the next season. So we think about what we let go of, what we say, no, can't do that anymore. That's our support going into the next season because we've been able to let go of something in order to create some room in order to grow. So you're talking about that space. I need the space in the spring to grow. I absolutely, I have to stop you there because I love that (laughs) visual. Like I've never really thought of it. Like what we're letting go of is nourishing us so we can come back and flourish because I'm just imagining if we didn't let go of that, if we held on, we're not going to have the uh, fertilizer that we need to come back in the summer. So I'm imagining if we didn't do that process of letting go and letting those things nourish us, that each summer the grass is going to be weaker and weaker and weaker because it didn't have that, that process of letting go of the things and then them in turn nourishing it mm-hmm. to come back. And there's, And I think there's some of it that, you know, I like using the terms that the top of the grass dies off. It dies. It dies Mm -hmm. off. The bottom dies off. There is struggle that comes with letting go. There's pain Mm -hmm. that comes with letting go. This isn't easy, but in order to get into that winter space of conserving our energy, of slowing down, of resetting What's important? Who do I need to connect with? How do I need to heal? That's not easy. That's not Mm -hmm. easy work to do. It's a it's hard work. And so there's the there can be the painful piece to it. Um, but being able to walk into that and say, I know this is a part of the process, and seeing that as opportunity versus a barrier that keeps us from continuing to walk towards wintering Mm -hmm. and reconnecting with ourselves. And, um, and I love it. Like when we're looking at, you know, in this conversation of thinking about introverted, highly sensitive individuals who are kind of navigating through this is that question of, you know, are we, are we wintering? Are we incorporating that in, you know, we, each person needs maybe a little bit more and a little bit less of different seasons, depending mm-hmm. on how we're doing and how we're existing in the world. And um, I know plenty of extroverts that would say like, I could probably do a shorter winter and maybe I'm just springing. Like that's my, <laughs> you know, that's what they are identifying that, that, that they need in that, in that moment or in that, in that season cycle. And um it's really looking at are are we letting go to create that space? So then when we do get into that space of growth, we have what we need and we're ready. We're ready to grow because I think there's a lot of like, we have to be quiet enough and settled enough in order to be ready for the work of growth. That takes a lot of energy, mm-hmm. a ton of energy. Yeah. I like the way that you frame that because I'm someone who I could do with a longer winter and a longer fall. Um, And thinking about that, I guess this is something that I'm incorporating where I am really setting those boundaries and being so I can really winter because it's important for me to do that. Because the past few years, I've found myself 
getting frustrated in December because I don't have enough time to go inward and winter and Mm -hmm. do just Mm -hmm. some little uh, holiday craft projects and sit in stillness and all of that. So I made a big decision um, that I'm going to take the full month of December off this year because I always tried to make it a little, you know, where I did have time at least a couple weeks off, but it, it really wasn't enough. And so that's some way that I'm going to honor my need for that of my wintering. And mm-hmm. the way that you described it in, in fall, you're doing a lot of prep work for um, the time during the winter. So thinking about that, I think maybe the way that I've reconciled that is by doing a, um, a workshop or like a retreat, a forest retreat in late fall Uh, Mm -hmm. So I can enjoy that and have that income to help sustain me through my December that where I really need to go within and winter to prepare for the following year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the more I'm able to talk about the seasons, figure out how to integrate the seasons, the opportunity that's there is just vast. All of a sudden, when you're like, wait, I don't have to work within the box. I can create my own shape, my own open uh, space to work within. And then it's, do I have to work nine to five? I guess I don't. Do I have to work Monday through Friday and then only take the weekend? Do I have to work 365 days a year? Like, What does this look like? Can I take off? part of that winter season to reset, to settle, to rest, to find some rejuvenation. Um, Do I need some of that in the springtime? Because it takes so much energy and I can't have a ton coming in in order to be creative because I've figured out to be creative, I need space. Mm -hmm. So maybe I create more space around my springtime. Um, But being able to to start, you know, integrating things in different ways and creative ways that really make sense for us. Um, like you talked about, like when you talk with people about setting up their schedule, like does this even work for you or does this schedule make you feel like you're losing it a little bit? Yeah. Um, and the a- example that I give all the time, like you can make anything work. Um, and I say this a lot on the podcast, like there's this example of, you know, someone who works with school-age children as a therapist, and they think that they can only do after-school appointment, you know, that they can only work from like 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. because that's when um, they can get their clients scheduled. If I mean, great, if that's like the hours that are best for you and when you're most energized and when you want to do that work, but don't ever think that you have to do something because that's what, like, there's these external expectations that that's what you should do. Because I know so many successful therapists that only see school age children and they work from like 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. or yep. 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 2 p.m., you know, whatever it is when they have the energy to do that work. And it really is about setting up those boundaries because, I mean, if you don't have them, of course, people are going to be like, yeah, I'll take that slot. But if it's not available and they want to work with you, like they'll figure it out. And I think that's one of the most important things that people um, can learn from this is that you can set your boundaries up any way that you want to. And Mm -hmm. 
if you're offering something that someone wants, then most of the time they'll find a way to work with you because Mm -hmm. it's that important to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had that same learning curve with, you know, going and, and in supervision, you know, nearly full time. And, you know, cause I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, all of my supervisors are professionals. They're all working their nine to five jobs. And so initially I'm, I'm accommodating for all of that. So I'm doing really, really early appointments and I'm doing appointments and, you know, it was a, a colleague that I talked to and we talk about, we talk about seasons. We talk about all of this and she's like, seriously, what are you doing? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Is this, is this a part of your natural landscape that makes sense in your framework? Like, no, it's terrible. I can't, yeah. I can't stand it. And so I, I reintegrate. I figure out like what days make sense, how many hours in the day make sense. This is what I have available. And if I'm te- if I'm constantly teaching that to other social workers and therapists, it's your, your needs matter. What's important to you matters. And so it's the same thing for them. If they're feeling like, oh, but I have to do a nine to five job. And now I've got to figure out how to do supervision during that time. They're not going to be happy with it. How do I do this? How do I fit it in? Well, you just recenter on what's important to you. This is the goal that's for you. This is important to you. And then all of a sudden, it's much easier to go in and say, I'm sorry, I have an appointment from here to here. Same as you would if you had a doctor's appointment, same as you would if you had a hair appointment, Mm -hmm. you're going to figure out how to make it work if that's something that is important to you. And I needed to let go of feeling like I needed to create something that fit everybody else because that didn't necessarily fit everybody else, Mm -hmm. but I thought that's what fit. And so being able to create something for me now then also allows some of the people that I'm working with to establish those boundaries for themselves and being able to say, no, this is important to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to find this time in my schedule during the time that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it's with everything. It's it's with our schedules. It's it's how we get outside. It's how we connect with our peers, how we connect with our community. Like it's just this fully integrated idea of um reseasoning. And I think seasons is a funny term anyway, because when I've talked about, you know, learning how to season, I've had some people think go straight to food, thinking about food. <laughs> And it's the same thing. If your seasons are off, you know it really, really quickly. Yeah. There's got to be a balance. There's got to be an, an evenness to it. And it also needs to fit your palate. Seasoning for one person is not going to be the same kind of seasoning for another person. So I'm like, I guess, you know, we could do yeah. food and we could do. <laughs> yeah, they both work. Seasons. <laughs> yeah. I've so enjoyed talking about this because yeah, you know that I love the seasons and being able to incorporate those into how we work and live. Um, but anything else that you, you know, want to leave the listeners with on this topic of being able to create your own authentic and personal landscape? Let's see. I think I think a piece of it 
especially with like, you know, how I do, how I do groups and how I train is that idea of we can have all the knowledge around doing this. um, But it doesn't mean that the knowledge equals practice. Like this takes practice. Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking about reseasoning, it's not, it's not climbing to the top of the mountain on day one. Like it's taking one step and noticing, oh, there's a flower in front of me. I'm going to sit here and look at the flower for a little while. Like it takes time um, to incorporate this in. It takes time to start pushing against all that conditioning that we have been dealt our entire life. And so know that like, you know, don't go straight to shaming yourself when you're like, but I haven't arrived yet. Like it just takes some time and it takes these conversations and it takes connecting with people who can support you in what's important to you. And if you want to make some of those changes, get people who are your, your it people in your life involved, tell them that's what you're doing, help them keep you accountable to what's important to you and what your values are. Um, but let it, let it happen as it happens and not feeling like you have to do all of the things. You're just going to overwhelm yourself if you try to do it all. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's taken me, I mean, I've been in this process of fine tuning what I want my life and business to look like for the past mm-hmm. five years. And uh, just over the past year have been, um, I've been arriving on a schedule that works good for me and the amount of time mm-hmm. off that works for me. So it's constantly evolving and it does take some time. Yeah, it does. I have not arrived. I will not arrive. I will keep working on this mm-hmm. until I'm gone. Um, but I can feel myself healthier every season. Like I can feel sometimes I have a setback and then we think about it and we reprocess and then I can feel healthier into the next season. And that's the goal is that we just continue to figure out who we are, connect with that and um, figure out how to have that balance so we can do the work that we love to do. Definitely. Yeah. Tell everyone how they can find out more about the work that you're doing. Yes. Um, I'm really excited to share about uh, my uh, group coaching program, which is called Burnout to Bravery. It's a five-week group coaching program. Um, I say it's for highly motivated folks because I think that's all of us, (laughs) us. but those that are just like, you know, at that point of enough is enough, something's got to give. I'm not, I don't want to do this burnout anymore. I want to do something different. Helping professionals people like us, healers, change makers. Um, And the program is all around integrating into our landscape, developing our own unique vision and sense of authenticity. Like what is that for us in order to not have to say burnout anymore because it's not a thing for us anymore. And in order to rediscover that all of our work can be joyful um, and we can have profound impact at the same time. And so you can find all of that information on my website at www.justlivingtherapy.org backslash burnout to bravery. Um, and if you're interested in just 
learning more information, you can always schedule a free strategy session with me. I always love getting to meet new people and figuring out um, who are they authentic, authentically and how can I support them? Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. So I'm so glad you took the time to be here today. Thank you, Cindy. This is great. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 67, I continue on with my series about how to start a podcast with part three, where I share my workflow of producing the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'll share everything from scheduling to recording, editing, and producing. If you haven't yet listened to episode 66, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I begin my conversation with Rebecca about the systems, institutions, and societal expectations that create our landscape. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcasts and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you. Mm -hmm.